the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. What is the Lord saying to them in verse 16 and 17? Repent. Repent. I'm sick of your empty religion. I'm sick of all this religious activity that has no meaning. It's not reflected in the way that you live your life every day. It's just, it's just ritual, and it's, it's futile, it's meaningless. And he says, repent of it. Today, Pastor Dan teaches us about the dangers of talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Many people state that they're born again in Jesus, but their lives, actions, words, and thoughts don't actually match up with their claims. Jesus knows. He knows what you live like behind closed doors. And he even knows the thoughts in your head. Even when you think you've hidden these things from the world, your family, or your your friends. So if that's you today, if you haven't been walking the walk, Pastor Dan encourages you to repent and change from your hidden ways. And now open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Isaiah 29 and the Gospel of Matthew. Well, we we started this section that we're in right now in Isaiah. We started it last week with chapter 28. And in this section of Isaiah, the Lord declares a series of woes on the people of Judah and the city of Jerusalem Uh, We saw the first woe back in chapter 28, verse 1. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim. In chapter 29, verse 1, woe to Ariel. Uh, Down in verse 15 of of chapter 29, woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord. Uh, Over in chapter 30, verse 1, woe to the rebellious children. Chapter 31, verse 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses. Uh, Then in chapter 33, verse 1, Woe to you who plunder, though you have not been plundered. And so we have in this section six woes or six warnings to Judah. Uh, But here in chapter 29, God declares a woe on the city of Jerusalem. Uh, In verse 1, he says, Woe to Ariel to Ariel, the city where David dwelt. Add year to year, let feasts come around. Here he calls the city of Jerusalem Ariel. Ariel has, has two different meanings depending on how it's used 
and there's, there's some debate among Bible scholars of what the intended meaning is here. Uh, the most common meaning of the word Ariel is the lion of God. It can also mean the altar of sacrifice. The altar of sacrifice. It's used as an altar in Ezekiel 34, verse 15 and 16. There it's translated altar. And so it, it could have either meaning. And I think here in this passage, probably both apply to the uh, word here in chapter 29. The children of Judah, the, the children that the people that live in Jerusalem, they see themselves as the lion of Judah, the lion of Israel. You know, they're, they're kind of puffed up with their pride and they're overconfident about their security. They see themselves as, you know, a lion where uh, you know, we can't be stopped. No one can come against us is kind of their attitude and their pride. But they're also, in a sense, an altar. As we're going to see as we make our way through the chapter, uh, that, that God is going to send another nation against the city of Jerusalem to attack it. And they're going to be sacrificed, uh, in a sense. So I think Ariel here could probably be used both ways, both as the Lion of Israel the Lion of God, or an altar of sacrifice. Isaiah also calls uh, Jerusalem the city where David dwelt. And we know that he's talking about Jerusalem and not the city of Bethlehem where David also dwelt because down in verse 8, at the end of verse 8, uh, he calls this city Mount Zion, which Mount Zion is located in Jerusalem. Uh, so this is a warning to Jerusalem. A warning to the, the people of God living in Jerusalem. Woe to the people of God. This is a warning. Woe to the people of God. And God warns them in chapter 29. And his warning is given because of their religious hypocrisy. Their religious hypocrisy. As we're going to see, they, they act religious. They act as if they're devoted to God when really... They're living in rebellion against God. Uh, they, they have an outward form of religion, an outward form of devotion. Uh, but really, they're rebellious. And they're living contrary to God's ways, as we're going to see. Their hearts are far from God. In verse 1, he says, Add year to year, let feasts come around. Uh, the idea here is year after year, they went up to Jerusalem they celebrated the feasts while they were in rebellion. They maintained religious activity. They had a religious uh, busyness about their lives. And yet their hearts were far from God. Uh, they, they weren't compelled by the love of God to, to go up to Jerusalem and worship Him at the temple. They went up to the temple uh, just as a religious action. It was just ritual. It was It was tradition. And so, simultaneously, they were very religious and they were very rebellious. It's possible to be both. A person can be religious and at the same time be rebelling against God. Uh, just look at the religious leaders in the Gospels. There were no more religious people uh, in, in the Gospels than the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes. They were very religious, very zealous for uh, doing God's works. 
And at the same time, they crucified the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ. And so they're religious and rebellious at the same time. And that's what you have happening here with the people of Jerusalem that Isaiah is writing to. Turn back with me to chapter 1 and look at verse 11. And here the Lord is speaking to the Israelites, to the Jewish people in Judah. And he says in verse 11, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. Uh, One translation says, I'm sick of your burnt offerings. The Lord speaking. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Stop bringing me your meaningless sacrifices. They're not compelled by love. It's It's not their love for God that is motivating them. It's just empty religion. And God says, stop bringing me your empty, meaningless sacrifices. Incense, they would burn incense there at the temple. God says, it's an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, they they had celebrations on the new moons. And the Sabbath day, they were to keep it holy. The calling of assemblies when they would have their feasts in Jerusalem. And the whole nation would assemble together in Jerusalem. God says, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. God says, I can't take it anymore. I can't take your sin and you still gathering together at the temple to you know, worship me. I can't take it. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands as they're worshiping or praying, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. What is the Lord saying to them in verse 16 and 17? Repent. Repent. I'm sick of your empty religion. I'm sick of all this religious activity that has no meaning. It's not reflected in the way that you live your life every day. It's just just ritual. And it's it's futile. It's meaningless. And he says, repent of it. You know, the, the people of Israel, they had all of these religious activities, all of these religious observances... Uh, But they were just going through the motions. They they weren't compelled by their love for God. Just like there are people today that uh, that, that go to church. It's not because of their love for Jesus Christ. It's just just a practice that they have. It's a ritual. It's a tradition. Uh, It's maybe something that they grew up doing and they just continue to do as kind of a habit. But there's no, you know, there's no honoring Jesus in the way that they live their life or their lifestyle. Uh, the people of Judah, if you want to turn back to chapter 29, the people of Judah uh, not only were doing kind of these empty religious activities at the, at the temple in Jerusalem, but they also trusted in their religious activities to save them. Uh, they thought because they were maintaining and continuing to do all of these religious activities and all of these observances that God would accept them and God would bless them and, and 
God would be with them. You know, as they just kind of checked the boxes each year of the different feasts and the different celebrations and the different assemblies, the different sacrifices. As long as we do those things, it doesn't matter how we live or what we do. As long as we're doing those things, we're good. Or so they thought. And that's what they were doing. And again, there are, there are many people today that believe the very same thing, that their religious activities will save them, and it's, and it's just checking a box for them. And as long as I'm doing this, as long as I'm showing up for that, or this holiday, or this day, and coming to church, or whatever it may be, then I'm good. And God accepts me, and God will bless me. And what does it say in Ephesians? That we're, we're saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. You know, we're saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not by our works. It's not our religious activity that gives us good standing with God. It's, it's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross that reconciles us to God. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 3. I'll show you an example in the Gospels of this, this same mindset. And this is when... Um, This is when John the Baptist was ministering and he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And it says in chapter 3, verse 5, that Jerusalem, all of Judea, that's all of the region around the city of Jerusalem, and all the region around the Jordan River, the Jordan Valley, went out to John the Baptist and they were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he, John, saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham From these stones, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. John says to the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, again, these are the most religious people in the nation of Israel. He says, show us, show me fruit of your repentance. Let me see evidence in your life that you've repented. And don't say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. That's the same mindset. God will never judge us because we have Abraham. We're we're the sons of Abraham. We're the descendants of Abraham. We're the chosen people. And God would never judge us. God would never condemn us. And that's the mindset that you have back in Isaiah chapter 29 among those in Judah. They're, They're keeping these these rituals and these feasts and these celebrations, but it has no meaning to it, has no substance to it. But they think because they're keeping all of these feasts and observing all of these things that God would never judge them. And in chapter 29, God tells the people of Judah that their religious activities and their busyness will not not stop God from judging them. That God will still judge them. In fact, and just another passage for you. You don't have to turn there. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus speaking says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus said, many will say to him in that day, that day of judgment, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these wonderful things in your name? And Jesus will say to them, yeah, but I never knew you. We, we, ne- we never had a relationship. There's no relationship between us. It, it was all empty religion. And there was no relationship, and so depart from me. I never knew you. And here in chapter 29, the warning to Judah, the warning to Judah is uh, their religious activity is not going to stop God from judging them. And their, their relationship with God isn't right. It isn't what it should be. So look at verse 2. And notice in verses 2 and 3 how often God says, I will. God is saying, this is what I'm going to do. I will do this. Yet I will distress Ariel, Jerusalem. There shall be heaviness and sorrow in Jerusalem. Uh, the New Living Trans or the New International Version says that there will be mourning and lamenting in Jerusalem. And it shall be to me as Ariel, I will encamp against you all around. I will lay siege against you with a mound, and I will raise siege works against you. You shall be brought down, you shall speak out of the ground. Your speech shall be low out of the dust. Your voice shall be like a medium's out of the, out of the ground. You'll, you'll mutter is the idea. And your speech shall whisper out of the dust. The Lord will chasten Jerusalem for their rebellion. That's the warning. The Lord will chasten Jerusalem for their rebellion in spite of all of their religious activity. Now, these, these particular verses here in verses 2 to 4 they have been fulfilled many times in Jerusalem's history. There's been many times throughout the history of that city that the Lord has brought that city low and has brought that city down. Uh, In fact, uh, 118 times there have been battles fought over the city of Jerusalem. 52 times it's been sieged. 44 times it's been conquered. Twice the city has been leveled completely, utterly destroyed in its 4,000-year history. And God says here that he does that to that city because of their rebellion against him. God does not tolerate rebellion in his people. And, and he's, he has said that he's going to do this to this city because of their rebellion. It's not because of any uh, uh, political reason or it's not the result of some kind of political outcome or military outcome. It's the hand of the Lord. It's the hand of the Lord judging that nation, judging that city. Uh, You know, the Lord also says a very similar thing about the temple that was built in Jerusalem. Uh, I'll just read this to you. And again, you know, I don't think we think about things this way. Um, Here in 1 Kings chapter 9, speaking of the temple that was built in Jerusalem for the Lord, 1 Kings 9, verse 6, But if you or your sons at all turn from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them and this house which I have consecrated for my name, the temple. I will cast out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among all peoples. 
And as for this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and will hiss and say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and to this house? And then they will answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and have embraced other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, the Lord has brought all this calamity on them. The Lord says there, if you turn from me, I'm going I'm to remove this temple. If you go to Jerusalem today, there's no temple on the Temple Mount. Uh, there's, a, there's a Muslim shrine there and a Muslim mosque on the Temple Mount. And again, we, you know, we look at that and we kind of think of it in real time. We might think of it, uh, you know, politically. Well, it's, you know, they, you know, they conquered the Temple Mount. They gave it back to the Muslims. And, you know, Moshe Dayan gave it back to them. And it's all, you know, the Muslims have control of it because of politics. But what the Lord says is because they have forsaken me, I'm going to destroy that temple. And so when you go there today, there's no temple and there is a, there's a shrine to another God sitting in the place where the temple to the God of Israel once stood. And the Lord says that's to be a sign to remind us that the people of Israel turned from their God and forsook their God. It has nothing to do with politics. God just used politics to unfold his plan there in that city. Now, look at, uh, look at verse 4. Again, you shall be brought down, you shall speak out of the ground, your speech shall be low out of the dust, your voice shall be like a medium's out of the ground, and your speech shall whisper out of the dust because of, the God, because of God's judgment against that city. God will humble the people of Judah, uh, and they won't have anything to say once God's judgment comes. They may be boasting and prideful and overconfident, but God will bring them low, God will bring them down, and he says they will speak with a whisper. One author noted that people who are grieving, such as at a funeral, do not speak loudly but with a whisper of hushed tones. And the people of Jerusalem will be grieving. And so the people in the streets will be speaking with a whisper in hushed tones because of the destruction and the judgment that has come against that city. Verse 5, Moreover, the multitude of your foes shall be like fine dust, and the multitude of the terrible ones like chaff that passes away, yet it shall be in an instant suddenly. You know, verse 5 is the mercy of God. God's going to use the nation of Assyria to besiege the city of Jerusalem. And remember, Assyria is like the big world superpower at this time. He asked me how I know That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of his life and ministry, from his virgin birth to his sacrificial death to his resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. 
Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.